The following program is a recording of a live broadcast transmitted 7 a.m. Beijing time. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour. One hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Begum with you on this Thursday, June sixth, two thousand nineteen. You're listening to the Beijing Hour live from the Chinese capital. On the program this morning, our news focus: the presidents of China and Russia have agreed to upgrade bilateral relations after their latest meeting in Moscow. In other news, China's made its first space launch from a floating platform in the Yellow Sea. Another round of Central American migrants. Are now in Mexico, heading to the U.S. border. In business, Huawei inks an agreement with state-owned logistics company China Post. In sports, Cristiano Ronaldo scores three in the Nations League final. In entertainment, a preview of country music's top awards show. First of all, a check at the day's headline news. Chinese Vice Premier Han Zhang has stressed solid efforts in China's building of an ecological civilization. He made the remarks at the annual meeting of the China Council for International Cooperation on Environment and Development. He also said efforts will be made to establish a modern economic system guided by green development and to accelerate the development of energy-saving and environmentally protect or environment protection services and、uh, to promote green energy.、Uh, China's vowed to win. The battle against pollution and fulfill its ecological environmental protection targets by 2020. China's nominated Tsung Wai Hung as head of the UN Office on Drugs and Crime in Vienna. Tsung's deputy head of China's National Anti-Drug Commission. He's also the former head of the Hong Kong Police Force. In announcing the nomination, the Chinese Foreign Ministry also reaffirmed the country's commitment to the UN and to the international anti-drug cooperation. Chinese authorities estimate that the upcoming Dragon Boat Festival holiday will see a daily average of over two million trips. That's up 7.6 percent year on year. It'll last from Friday through Sunday. A major increase in passenger volumes is expected at airports in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. Border check agencies across the country are required to take steps to ensure safe and orderly trips for tourists. Thailand's parliament has selected Prayut Chan-o-cha to stay on as prime minister. The speaker of the House of Representatives announced this after a parliamentary vote、uh, late on Wednesday that Prayut received 500 votes、uh, against 244 for the candidate of a coalition of anti-military parties. Prayut, nominated by a military-backed party, received the second highest number of seats in the House in March elections, and he's、uh, led the country since a military coup five years ago. News focus of the day. Presidents of China and Russia have agreed to upgrade bilateral relations after their latest meeting in Moscow. And CRI's Joe Fang reports. President Xi Jinping and his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin agreed to develop a comprehensive strategic partnership of coordination for a new era at a meeting on Wednesday. Both agreed to uphold the notion of good neighborliness and win-win cooperation. 当前中俄关系在高水平上持续稳定健康的向前发展。The China-Russia relationship is seeing a continuous, steady, and sound development at a high level, and is at its best in history. Both sides have firmly supported each other in their efforts to defend respective core interests and nurtured strong political and strategic mutual trust. 
Both countries have actively pushed forward all-around cooperation as internal driving forces of bilateral ties are emerging, and the convergence of the two countries' interests is deepening. China and Russia have played active roles in international affairs and global governance, and made important, constructive contributions to maintaining world peace and stability, as well as international fairness and justice. This is the first state visit to Russia following Xi Jinping's re-election as Chinese president last year, and it's also the eighth time he has travelled to the country since 2013. Xi Jinping says the two sides are facing a bigger picture. This year marks the 70th anniversary of the China-Russia diplomatic relationship. It's a milestone and also a new starting point. As the world is undergoing profound changes unseen in a century, China and Russia are shouldering an even greater expectation from the peoples of the two countries and the international community. The Chinese side is willing to join Russia in amplifying the positive effect of the two countries' high-level political relationship, bring more benefits of bilateral cooperation to the two peoples, and present more China-Russia options for global affairs. Xi Jinping also lauded the achievements in traditional fields, including aviation and agriculture, while vowing to promote cooperation in new fields such as e-commerce. He called for more people-to-people exchanges. China is a major trading partner of Russia, with a record-high volume of over 100 billion U.S. dollars last year. Putin said the two sides will further promote ties in areas including energy, resources, and sports. Both Moscow and Beijing have agreed that the Korean Peninsula issue needs to be addressed in a peaceful way. The two leaders also witnessed the signing of a series of documents between the two countries. Those include joint declarations on promoting global stability and lifting bilateral relations to a comprehensive strategic partnership of coordination for a new era, and several cooperation deals in fields including medicine, aviation, education. And trade. President Xi is on a three-day state visit to Russia. He's scheduled to attend the CS Saint Petersburg International Economic Forum later this week. For CRI, I am Zhou Fang. After their talks in the Kremlin, President Xi Jinping presented a pair of pandas to Moscow Zoo at a ceremony with Vladimir Putin. The pandas Rui and Dingding will live in Moscow for 15 years as part of a joint research project. They were given to Russia at the end of April after Putin visited Beijing, but were only unveiled to the public on、uh, Wednesday. Last time Beijing sent pandas to Moscow was in 1957. The Russian edition of Xi Jinping's classical quotes has been released on TV in Russia. It features famous sayings and stories from history. The Chinese president is quoted in his speeches and articles. Produced by China Media Group, it's part of the media exchange activities between China and Russia in marking the 70th anniversary of the establishment of the, the bilateral relationship. CMG President Shen Haishong says the series can open a window for the Russian people on President Xi Jinping's understanding of Chinese culture and traditions. The Series has been broadcast by the All Russia State Television and Radio Broadcasting Company and the Russian news platform of the China Media Group. And for more on President Xi Jinping's Russia visit, CRI's Sui spoke with Konstantin Shepin, a Beijing-based Russian journalist. So, first of all, in general, how do you see the significance of the Chinese president's visit this time against the backdrop of the international environment both countries are facing now? Well.、Um... 
I guess you do expect me to say that uh, American sanctions against Russia and uh, Sino-US trade war are pushing Russia and China closer together. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what's been said by a lot of so-called experts, but actually, it's a humbug. In reality, Sino-Russian relations are too strong and too mature to be influenced by any political intervention from the Washington. We have our own business, our own goals, our own perspective on international relations, which cannot be actually shaken by American interference. Mm -hmm. Moreover, one of the basic principles of our relationship is not forming any alliances against anyone. So when they start speaking about China and Russia getting allied against the United States, it actually sends me into giggles. Yes, both of our countries are very bothered by U.S., but uh, our bilateral agenda is hardly influenced by any of the Trump's trickery. We are more than that. Seriously, the agenda of... Uh, Xi Jinping's visit to Russia is quite different. Uh, it's enhancing mutually beneficial relations. It's solving some economic problems, It's uh, which is important. Celebrating 17th anniversary of Sino-Russian diplomatic relations, mm -hmm. etc. There are hardly any U.S. topics involved. Hmm. So it's about us. Right. So talking about bilateral issues, uh, Chinese officials are suggesting China could import more uh, soybeans from Russia. Hmm. And Chinese companies are now being encouraged to invest in the Far East in this field. Hmm. So how much potential is there in this realm? Well, uh, there's a lot of potential for Russia. And uh, there's a lot of potential for Chinese small businesses. We have to admit that uh, Russian Far East cannot provide as much soybeans as United States. We're talking about way smaller amounts. But uh, Russian side is ready to rent the Far East land for Chinese farmers to grow more soybeans and uh, at least satisfy the demand of Chinese local markets. But surely not the national one. Uh, still, it's a very good opportunity for the investors from uh, China's northwestern regions. Uh, it might boost the local economy greatly. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess the potential markets for Russian soybeans are geographically uh, are pretty big. Uh, They're going to Shandong province, to Henan province, and uh, even to the region around the port of uh, Shanghai. But again, uh, I want to underline that Russia does not have a huge enough production base to replace U.S. soybean experts. Likely, it will rather be the South American producers. So uh, producing uh, the soybeans will be, will be mutually beneficial, but for the small businesses, mm. again. That's Konstantin Shepin, a Beijing-based Russian journalist, speaking with CRI Sui. 
President Xi is on his state visit to Russia and says the two countries are about to begin a new historical chapter of friendship together. The Chinese president's known for enjoying Russian food. And one food item that he is, uh, that is loved in both countries is the dumpling. Millions are sold every year in Moscow. And our Dan Ashby reports. What will be on President Xi's menu for his trip to Russia? That may be a closely guarded secret, but there's one food item that's hard to escape in this country, the dumpling. Millions of them are served every summer, and they are one of the country's national dishes. Known as pelmeni, they come thicker than their Chinese equivalent, and as chef Svetlana Naumova told us, they were made to help Russians survive the cold. Russians have loved dumplings forever because it used to be a way to save meat for the winter. There were no fridges, so everything was kept in the snow and ice. The meat was preserved by making dumplings. They even come in different colors, from blue to pink, but most often white. And if you think they sound a little old-fashioned, just try stopping a few Russians to see what they think. Um, It's very tasty, very filling, and very fast, so it's good for us. That's our opinion. We like them. We have a cherry tree in our holiday home and we pick cherries. Then we sit down together and make dumplings. We eat them with sugar and cream. It's not only meat. Russians make dumplings out of cherries too, known as vreniki. So it's possible to have dumplings for main course and dessert. So when visiting Russia, be warned, you may end up getting more dumplings than you can handle. For China Radio International, I'm Dan Ashby in Moscow. For breaking news and stories that matter to you, find us on Twitter by searching for China Plus News, where we'll share with you our up-to-the-minute news, in-depth analysis, and live streaming videos. Visit China Plus News for your window on China and the world. Fourteen minutes past the hour, China's launched a rocket from a platform in the Yellow Sea off the coast of Shandong Province. It was the country's first space launch from a sea-based platform. CRI Xiaoyi has this report. The Long March 11 carrier rocket blasted off at around noon yesterday, sending two experimental satellites and five commercial satellites into orbit. The Long March 11 is the only solid fuel carrier rocket in the Long March family, which is the pillar of the country's space program. Designed and built by the Chinese Academy of Launch Vehicle Technology, the 58-ton rocket can deliver satellites into low Earth or sun-synchronous orbits. Li Tongyu is the director of the Long March 11 project. We've already been preparing our larger-size solid-fueled rockets. These solid-fueled rockets can cover up to 700 kilometers of solar orbits. We still need around two years to fulfill our goal. The deputy director of the rocket program, Jin Xin, says there are many advantages to launching a carrier rocket from a sea-based platform compared to land launches. It's more flexible. Unlike liquid-fueled rockets, it's less dependent on ground equipment. Liquid-fueled rockets need very complicated equipment to blast off. Another advantage of sea-based launches is that the rocket can be fired closer to the equator. And the closer they are fired to the equator, the more speed they can pick up, which reduces the amount of fuel they need to get into space. And using civilian ships to launch rockets at sea can lower launch costs as well. 
Li Tongyu says that launching from a platform on water doesn't pose risks to the rocket. The launch didn't cause any damage to the rocket or the satellite. Our rainproof design also works well. We're confident that it's a good environment for the operation of the rocket. Experts say the seaborne launch technology is expected to help China to provide satellite launch services for countries participating in the Belt and Road Initiative. For CRI, I'm Xiao Yi. The International Monetary Fund issued preliminary findings on the prospects for China's economy this year, following the IMF's recent visit to the country. Officials with the fund also spoke about the dangers of a protracted trade war between the world's two largest economies. CRI's Li Yi reports. China's economy is expected to grow by 6.2% this year and 6% in 2020, according to the estimates released yesterday by the International Monetary Fund. The IMF also said that the growth in China stabilized earlier in the year. Kenneth Kang is Deputy Director of IMF's Asia and Pacific Department. He suggests that the China's policymakers continue with the economy's structural reforms, including reforming state-owned enterprises and the opening up of the service sector, liberalizing product and labor markets, and further opening up the service sector would increase competition and flexibility, and allow China to benefit fully from globalization. SOE reforms should continue and help achieve competitive neutrality. By hardening SOE budget constraints and removing their implicit guarantees, managing China's increasingly systemic and complex economy requires modernizing policy frameworks towards more market-based and transparent frameworks. He also says that despite the recent tariff hikes by the United States, the stimulus measures that China has announced so far this year are sufficient to sustain economic growth through 2019 and 2020. However, he also warned that the uncertainty around the trade tensions remain high. No additional policy easing is needed, provided there are no further increases in tariffs or a significant slowdown in economic growth. Exchange rate flexibility should increase to facilitate adjustment to the new external environment. However, if trade tensions escalate further, putting at risk economic and financial stability, some additional policy easing would be warranted. For example, a fiscal expansion, which is centrally financed, pro-rebalancing, and targeted to low-income households, could be used to stabilize the economy. Kang has urged China and the United States to resolve their trade issues by coming to an agreement that supports the international trading system and avoids the outcome of managed trade. You know, as we've has mentioned、uh, many times before, everybody loses in a protracted trade war. If growth, if trade is threatened, if trade is damaged, growth will will suffer. For these reasons, we encourage all parties involved to work together for a durable resolution. That supports an open, stable, transparent, rules-based international trade system. This is in everyone's interest, including、uh, in China, of course. The IMF team will deliver its findings to the IMF's executive board for further deliberations. A statement comes as the World Bank on Tuesday lowered its global growth forecast for the year to 2.6 percent, while maintaining its growth projection for China at 6.2 percent. 
For CRI, this is Li Yi. Chinese experts are warning that the U.S. escalation of trade tensions with China will jeopardize its own uh, own interests and harm the global economy. They've made the remarks at a Chinese Academy of Social Sciences forum in Beijing. Huang Chunhui is the director of the Institute of Industrial Economies of the Academy. The actions taken by the United States will cause great damage to the global industrial chain, supply chain, and the entire technology startup ecology. And the effect of this damage is very negative, since some actions have directly interfered with the technological innovation of enterprises. It actually has destroyed the whole global technological innovation ecology. Song Hong's deputy director of the Institute of World Economy and Politics of the Academy. He says consultation based on equality is the only correct option to resolve the trade disputes. Only through negotiation based on equality is it possible to open up new prospects for the future development of China-U.S. trade and economic cooperation. As the largest developing and developed country in the world, China and the U.S. enjoy huge potential for economic and trade cooperation. The experts agree that the U.S. has adopted a series of unilateral and protectionist measures and forced its own interests upon others, and that its trade bullying has affected the whole world. For more on Wednesday's forum, CRI's Ge Anna spoke with Professor Wu Baiyi, director of the Institute of American Studies at the Chinese Academy of Sciences. Professor Wu, your speech, economic and trade bullying won't solve Americans' development imbalance. You talked about Americans' domestic structural problem. Could you elaborate more on this? What are the root causes for imbalanced development in United States? It is coming from the ultimate reason or the causes of the imbalanced economic structure from the continuous outflow. Of U.S. manufacturing industries' capability to developing countries and regions, and mostly coming to East Asia, and it helped to forge a new kind of value chain and productivity and logistic chains in the region. So it helped to enhance the integrity of productivity. Across the region between the United States and the East Asian economies, in large, but the counterproductive impacts on the U.S. economy is the substantial part or sectors of industry in the U.S. economy becoming less and less marginal. Disastrous consequence on the social economic structure is the job losing. And stagnated income level of the middle and the lower classes, working classes, for almost three decades. But on the opposite side, the higher sector or the technology-intensed productivity in the U.S. still maintain a prosperity over the past decades. So the sector or the different parts. Of the manufacturing sectors in the U.S.,、uh, becoming more and more sharp contrasting with each other, and so that affected the even and fair distribution of the wealth, particularly indicated by the、uh, high rocketing growth of income of the technology and service sector of the U.S. economy, the CEOs. The higher classes, so that created a sort of anxiety, and also the sentiments against the globalization. 
the accusations from the United States that China is stealing American jobs, stealing its technology. China has been taking advantages of the United States. Is that so? Is the United States suffering losses amid China's development? Problems now, as indicated, manifested by the U.S.-China trade dispute. Is that the Trump administration just aiming at China, blaming China for unfair trade、mm-hmm. practices? But the truth is, they should not blame the faults and mistaken behaviors just on China. Then they should focus main on their own wrong decisions over the past decades. And partly they admitted that, but the、uh, tariff measures. The sanctions of free technological outflows is nothing to do with China, and it's nothing helpful for solving these fundamental problems facing the United States.、Mm-hmm. So I think for the short run, it may affect the Chinese economic growth, and、uh, it will cause some sort of a massive impacts on the Chinese economic growth and also the,、uh, the job opportunities. For those industries mainly involving on the export-oriented products,、mm-hmm. but in the long run, with effective measures taken by the Chinese government, and it's a comprehensive package, and we can help to export industries to switch or to shift their focus、mm-hmm. on domestic demands markets. So that will finally mitigate or even minimize this kind of disaster. So China has a sustainable capacity to digest this kind of negative impacts by the tariff wars. That's Professor Wu Baiyi at the Chinese Academy of Sciences speaking with CRI's Gu Anna. It's 25 past the hour. A report suggesting that air quality in China has improved over the past five years. The report on China's air quality progress from 2013 to 2018 was released by the Ministry of Environment at the main event marking this year's World Environment Day in Hangzhou. Chinese Minister of Environment Li Ganjie. As the largest developing country in the world. China has been attaching great importance to addressing air pollution. Since the 18th CPC National Congress, the fight to keep our skies blue has been the top priority of our campaign to prevent and control air pollution. We have been fighting a battle against the pollution with unprecedented determination and efforts, as the issue directly concerns the people's health. The report says the average density of PM 2.5 in 74 Chinese cities implementing new air quality standards was 42 micrograms. Per cubic meter by the end of last year, a 43% decrease from 2013. The PM 2.5 density in the Beijing-Tianjin-Hebei region dropped by 48% compared to 2013. However, President、uh, Li Haisheng of the Chinese Research Academy of Environment Science says the whole situation is still quite grim. Currently, the density of PM 2.5 in over 60% of Chinese cities is still far beyond the standards set by the World Health Organization, and heavy pollution weather still occurs frequently during autumn and winter in many parts of northern China. The expert says the next step is to continue to address environmental issues. The structures of industries, energy, transportation, and land use will also be optimized. 
A university in Illinois is taking new measures uh, amid the possible drop of the number of Chinese students studying in the United States. Many Chinese students are being affected by the uh, increasing tensions between China and the U.S., with some of them finding it difficult uh, to complete their studies due to uh, the tightening of American visa restrictions. Uh, an insurance policy has been created, costs a premium of over 420000 U.S. dollars uh, annually, and it'll expire next year. It's time for a short break on the Beijing Hour, still to come. In business, Huawei inks an agreement with state-owned logistics company China Post. In sports, Cristiano Ronaldo scores three in the Nations League final. In entertainment, a preview of country music's top awards show. Shane Bigham with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. most popular Chinese language learning page on Facebook by searching for CRI Learn Chinese. It's a quick yet fun way to achieve your language goals. Start your free lessons now with unlimited videos, photos, and text tutorials on expressions and Chinese culture. CRI Learn Chinese Facebook page. A world opens with new how. Want to know what's trending in China? China Plus News Facebook page helps you to discover the real China. From the latest news to quirky Chinese inventions, videos, photos, live streaming, and more. Join in the conversation today by searching for China Plus News on Facebook and discover its news, its people, its traditions, and culture. China Plus News Facebook page. Open your eyes to the real China. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you by China Radio International. Shane Begum with you on this Thursday morning. Still to come in business, China Baowu Steel is taking a majority stake in one of its smaller rivals. In sports, Giovanni Infantino has been re-elected as FIFA president until 2023. In entertainment, the new X-Men movie will be released in Chinese theaters later today. Now checking the day's headline news, the presidents of China and Russia have agreed to develop a comprehensive strategic partnership of coordination for a new era after their latest meeting in Moscow. Both have agreed to uphold the notion of good neighborliness and win-win cooperation. Xi Jinping also lauded the achievements in traditional fields, including aviation and agriculture, while vowing to promote cooperation in new fields such as e-commerce. Putin said the two sides will further promote ties in areas including energy resources and sports. President Xi is on a three-day state visit to Russia. He's scheduled to attend this year's St. Petersburg International Economic Forum later this week. China successfully conducted its first seaborne carrier rocket launch. A Long March 11 carrier rocket lifted off in the Yellow Sea area from a mobile launch platform around noon on Wednesday. The rocket sent several technical test satellites and commercial satellites into orbit. The rocket is the first among China's new generation carrier rockets to use solid propellants. It has a relatively simple structure and can be launched in a short uh, period of time. Before this sea launch, the rocket passed six successful flight tests. 
United Nations General Assembly is elected Tijani Mohamed Bande of Nigeria as its next president. The current permanent representative of Nigeria to the UN will take the post in September. Mohamed Bande is a Nigerian political scientist, administrator, and career diplomat. He served as vice president of the UNGA during its 71st session, which began in September 2016. He will be the second Nigerian UNGA president after his compatriot Joseph Nenvin Garba, who held that position between 1989 and 1990. Britain's first 5G service has an optimistic market outlook. Mobile network operator Everything Elsewhere switched on its 5G service on May 30th in six major cities, including London, Edinburgh, and Manchester. Around 450,000 residents in those cities have registered for the service, which is provided using equipment made by Chinese tech giant Huawei. Under the new 5G network, the operator says some customers will break the one gigabyte per second milestone on their 5G smartphones. Uh, The fastest speed possible when the company launched 4G seven years ago uh, was 50 megabits per second. Uh, The operator is planning rollout uh, to roll out 5G rapidly with over 100 new 5G sites in more cities to be added per month. 34 past the hour, turning to business news, and we'll start with the closing numbers in North America and Europe. U.S. stocks added to a strong week-to-date performance on Wednesday as investors grew even more confident that the Federal Reserve will lower interest rates this year. Oil prices fell on the same day, with West Texas intermediate crude dropping to its lowest since January after U.S. crude inventories unexpectedly surged. At the closing bell, the Dow and the S&P 500 rose eight-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq gained six-tenths of a percent. In Europe, markets finished higher as defensive shares gained ground, uh, but uh, rising tensions between Italy and the European Commission over the country's debt dampened sentiment. Uh, Europe's lenders fell half a percent, while Milan-traded banks dropped by 1.6 percent. Utilities and real estate stocks rose late in the day. Investors often take refuge in those sectors at times of market uncertainty. Industrial goods and services stocks rose by uh, seven-tenths of a percent, by Dassault Aviation, searching 5% after Goldman Sachs upgraded the aviation firm stock to a, a buy rating. At the closing bell, France's CAC 40 grew half a percent. The UK's FTSE 100 and Germany's DAX were slightly higher than flat. Huawei now is uh, now in a strategic partnership with state-owned logistics company China Post. The tie-up will focus on areas including smart logistics, cloud computing, and big data. The move is expected to foster China Post's digital transformation in postal finance, delivery, and postal business. The two parties will also set up technology laboratories. The announcement comes uh, days after the Chinese government launched a probe into U.S. courier FedEx for its misdelivery of parcels sent by Huawei. An official report says the upcoming Dragon Boat Festival holiday is expected to see a daily average of 2 million inbound and outbound trips made by Chinese and foreign tourists, up 7.6% year-on-year. The holiday, starting from tomorrow, will uh, witness a major increase in passenger volumes at major airports in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. Stats show that during the Labor Day holiday, Chinese holidaymakers made 195 million trips, while the tourism sector garnered 17 billion U.S. dollars in revenue. Uh, Yu Miaojie with Peking University says China's tourism boom is a reflection of the robust inter, uh, internal impetus of uh, its economic growth. 
Last year, consumption accounted for 58% in China's GDP, and its contribution rate in economic and GDP growth reached around 76%. Meaning that consumption has become the most important one of the three engines driving China's economic growth. Last year, our total sales of consumer goods amassed five and a half trillion U.S. dollars, meaning we are basically on a par with the United States in this field. We can see our economy boasts strong resilience and great potential, which are rooted from our sound domestic market. He says information consumption sees bright development prospects this year, with the boom expected to be fueled with the launch of 5G gadgets and new energy vehicles. The World Bank has lowered its global growth forecast to 2.6 percent this year, while maintaining its growth projection for China at 6.2 percent. A report says a recent re-escalation of trade tensions has been accompanied by a deceleration in global investment and a decline in confidence. Global GDP growth this year was downgraded to a weaker than expected 2.6 percent, 0.3 points below the previous estimate in January. The global growth is projected to inch up to 2.7 percent next year. Still, 0.1 points less than January's forecast. Meanwhile, for advanced economies, the growth is anticipated to slow to 1.7 percent this year and further down to 1.5 percent next year. Growth among emerging markets and developing economies is projected to fall to a four-year low of 4 percent this year. The World Bank says its expectations remain unchanged for China. It says stable commodity prices, supportive global financial conditions, and the ability of authorities. To calibrate supportive fiscal policies, help to address external challenges. Chinese authorities say they've imposed a fine of 24 million U.S. dollars on automaker Chang'an Ford. The statement says since 2013, the company's restricted the minimum vehicle resale prices for dealers in Chongqing, violating China's anti-monopoly law. It says the company's practices deprive the dealers of pricing autonomy, restricted competition within the brand, and in effect weakened the competition among brands.、Uh, Chang'an Ford says in a statement that it fully respects the penalty. The company has taken actions to work with dealers to regulate regional sales management. Chinese Ministry of Commerce says fruit prices are expected to drop to a reasonable range after a recent price hike. Cherry, watermelon, and lychee in Beijing have see,、uh, seen their prices fall over 40 percent compared with last month. The ministry says seasonal fruit price hikes occur in April and May, as they are the slack seasons for fruit supply. Prices of apple and pear, which suffer more from weather conditions, are expected to return to a reasonable range, with seasonal fruits going on sale in the market. China is currently the largest fruit-producing and consuming country in the world. Alibaba has announced an upgrade to its Fengniao logistics firm.、Uh, the company is planning to set up over 20,000 digital instant delivery centers across the country over three years. Artificial intelligence and big data will be used to predict needs and calculate the best route for couriers. The company also is looking to use drones, driverless cars, and robots to accelerate the delivery process. Data shows that in the second half of the year, Fengniao saw the number of orders jump 185 percent year on year. 
Bawu Steel, the world's second largest steel producer, will acquire a majority stake in rival Ma Gong as China pushes for consolidation in its steel industry. Bawu will hold, uh, or rather also holds, uh, 45.5% of the shares of Ma Gong's listed entity, Manshan Iron and Steel, making it the company's controlling shareholder. The move is expected to bring Bawu closer to becoming a global steel industry leader with annual output of 100 million tons by 2025. Official stats show that Bawu manufactured 67.4 million tons of crude steel last year, and uh, Magung produced 19.6 million tons of crude steel. The total output is only 13 million tons away from their goal. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. 60 minutes of comprehensive news. Your window on China and the world. Forty-one minutes past the hour now. And turning to sports, here's Yang Guang. Thank you, Shane. In football, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a superb hat-trick as Portugal reached the UEFA Nations League final with a 3-1 win over Switzerland. Ronaldo gave the hosts the lead with a stunning free kick in the first half. Switzerland then leveled in the second period when Ricardo Rodriguez netted a penalty. As the game appeared to drift towards extra time, Ronaldo again made the crucial difference, scoring two goals in the last two minutes to seal the win for Portugal. Portugal will play the winners of the other semi-final between England and Netherlands, which kicks off tomorrow morning, Beijing time. Netherlands captain Virgil van Dijk says after failing to qualify for Euro 2016 and last year's World Cup, the team has made big progress and is ready to win a title. There's a chance to play to win a trophy in this case, and for us as a group, we definitely want to go for it. We definitely want to give everything that we got. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but we're going for it, and, and we're full of confidence as well. Champions League winner Van Dijk will resume his defensive partnership with the 19-year-old Matthijs Delict for the game. The two may become club teammates in the future as well, as Liverpool is showing strong interest in the 19-year-old Ajax player. The final of the Nations League will be held in Porto on Sunday. Giovanni Infantino has been re-elected as FIFA president until 2023. Infantino faced no opposition for second presidential term, which was confirmed at the FIFA Congress ahead of the Women's World Cup. The 49-year-old was first elected in 2016 in the wake of Sepp Blatter's downfall amid the biggest scandal in FIFA history. Infantino says in three years he has transformed the football's world governing body into what it should be. In three years and four months, this organization went from uh, being toxic, almost criminal, to being what it should be, an organization that develops football, an organization that cares about football. This is what I meant when I was saying that we have to bring football back to FIFA and FIFA back to football. It's very simple. We just have to concentrate On our mission, one of Infantino's reforms during his first term is enlarging the World Cup from 32 to 48 teams. He also introduced the VAR and the 2018 Russia World Cup, and has pushed hard on boosting women's football. Noting the 2030 World Cup, Infantino says he's not sure if China is eligible to host the tournament. The next bidding process will be exactly, exactly the same, including some of the learnings. Of course, that we made in this bidding process. When will the decision be taken? Well, the next presidential election is in 23, so I guess it will be either in 22 or in 24. And if China can bid, we will see. For me, as FIFA president, the more, the merrier. 
So the more bidders we have, the happier I am. Like for the Women's World Cup in 23. Previously, FIFA has blocked continents from bidding on consecutive contests to help each region have its hosting turn. The FIFA Council will discuss a 2030 process when it next meets in October in Shanghai. Italian goalkeeper Gianluigi Buffon will leave Paris Saint-Germain when his contract expires at the end of the month. The 41-year-old veteran joined on a, tr- a free transfer last summer, making 25 appearances in all competitions for the club. Buffon won the League One title with the team and was knocked out in the round of eight in the Champions League. Before that, Buffon played for Juventus for 17 years. He retired from the national team last year and is yet to decide where to go next. Real Madrid forward James Rodriguez is to leave Bayern Munich as his loan finishes. The German club has decided not to take up the option to buy him. 27-year-old Rodriguez has spent two seasons at Bayern, scoring 15 goals in 67 games. He won the Bundesliga twice as well as the German Cup with the club. Rodriguez was the Golden Boot winner at the 2014 World Cup. He joined Real from Monaco that summer and has a contract at the Spanish club until 2021. 15-year-old Chinese football player Lu Xiaoguan has signed a contract with Argentinian club River Plate, becoming the club's first Chinese player in its history. Lu is a defensive midfielder and was found by River Scouts last year. The club invited Lu for a two-month trial last summer, after which the 15-year-old was offered a contract to join the club's youth system. River Plate's academy is known for producing top-quality talents, including Hernan Crespo, Gonzalo Iguain, and current Chinese Super League player Javier Mascherano. In women's volleyball, Team China registered a two-game winning streak at the Nations League Hong Kong series with a three-to-nothing sweep of the Netherlands. China rested some key players, but still won comfortably with the captain Zhu Ting scoring a game-high 18 points. Next, they will face Italy, which also has won two consecutive games in Hong Kong. China second setter Gong Xiangyu. The game went well for us tonight. The opponents caused some troubles with their serves, but we resisted the pressure with solid first passes. We will try our best to win tomorrow's match. Italy has many well-rounded players who can produce threat in both offense and defense. If Paula Agon is on the court, we will make some targeting defensive arrangements to her. China automatically qualifies for the Nations League finals as hosts. The other 15 teams will fight for the five remaining spots in the final in Nanjing next month. In tennis, action at the French Open was suspended on Wednesday as persistent rain forced the remaining quarterfinals at Roland Garros to be moved to today. This affected women's defending champion Simona Halep and men's world number one Novak Djokovic. The weather in Paris is forecast to be brighter today, with a chance of a brief shower in the afternoon. Tournament director Guy Fouquet says they are preparing for the worst weather situation. We saw that historically we can play men's finals on Monday. We remember the final between Djokovic and Nadal. We can think of the same thing for women in terms of disaster scenario. Now, to date, we have good hope for tomorrow. The matches for tomorrow are quite important.
Then the meteorologists will give their forecast for Friday, and only then we will decide on Friday's program, which will be extremely difficult to organize in view of what I just said. The rain also pushed today's women's singles semi-final between Johanna Konta and Maketa Vondrosova to tomorrow. In basketball, the 2019 NBA Finals shifts to Golden State as Game Three will start this morning, Beijing time, at nine o'clock. The Warriors are now tied with the Toronto Raptors at one win apiece. Golden State has decided to rest Clay Thompson for the game due to his hamstring injury. In the NHL, no hockey today. The Stanley Cup Finals resume tomorrow morning, Beijing time. Shane, what's happening today in Major League Baseball? Well, among the completed games this morning, the Washington Nationals took a 6-4 home win over the Chicago White Sox. Several games now underway, including the New York Yankees at the Toronto Blue Jays. The Minnesota Twins are visiting the Cleveland Indians, and the Giants are at the Mets. Coming up in a few minutes, the Baltimore Orioles begin play against the Rangers in Texas. The Rockies are at the Cubs. The Boston Red Sox will begin play in a little under 30 minutes, visiting the Kansas City Royals. And at the same time, the Reds are at the Cardinals. There are two late. Game starting just after ten o'clock. The Athletics are at the Angels, and the Astros are paying a visit to the Seattle Mariners. Forty-nine minutes past the hour now. Turning to entertainment news: the new X-Men installment sitting Chinese theaters today. Earlier, Dark Phoenix stars arrived in Beijing, promoting that film together. Michael Fassbender was among them. He described the relationship、uh, between his character Eric and James McAvoy's Professor Charles Xavier. For me, I, I, I see it that Charles is. Eric's best friend, perhaps his only friend, really. I think you know they get tired of one another and, and they get frustrated because their ideologies are so different. But even though you know their objectives are the same, which is the better betterment of for their people, in times of crisis, I feel like they will always be there、um, for one another. Even if everyone else dissipates, they, they, they'll be there. In Dark Phoenix, the X Men will face their mo-、uh, most formidable and powerful foe. In celebration of X Men Day, IMAX has announced that it'll hold showings of Dark Phoenix on June sixth. The release of new、uh, the new X Men installment in China is、uh, coming one day ahead of the U.S. release date. From gigantic puppets to crystal balls, artists from around the world are putting on shows at a performance art festival in Shanghai. In downtown Shintiandi, artists from New Zealand perform scenes from daily life on a bus. A large art installation also appeared on Middle Huai、uh, Huai Road called "I'm Here." Hundreds of different faces showed up on the installation's LED screens. Artist Du Xinyue. I'm inspired by the social networking in this modern society. The virtual social networking has evaded the real meaning of social networking and shows people's psychological need, insecurities, and physiological function. I hope people can accept their imperfect selves without the cover of makeup and face others through this installation. I'm here. This is my supposition and attempt. The Shukman buildings in Shintiandi projected a live painting. By an artist from Turkmenistan,、uh, the Shintiandi festival runs until June 9th. Rihanna has another feather in her cap. She tops Forbes' annual list of America's richest self-made women for 2019 with a $600 million fortune. 
She beats Madonna with a personal fortune of 570 million, Celine Dion at 450 million, Beyonce 400 million, and Taylor Swift at 360 million dollars. Much of Rihanna's fortune comes from music, but the singer's broadened her horizons since she burst onto the music scene back in 2005, taking on a number of different roles from businesswoman to fashion designer to actress. Rihanna, real name Robin Rihanna Fenty, be, uh, recently became the first black woman in charge of a major high-end fashion house after she teamed up with multinational luxury goods conglomerate LVMH. Her Fenty Beauty makeup brand, which she founded in 2017, is co-founded or rather co-owned with LVMH. The brand has been an international success, generating an estimated $570 million in revenue after just 15 months of operation. The 31-year-old also co-owns the Savage X Fenty lingerie line with Los Angeles-based online fashion firm Textile Fashion Group. Some of country music's top talent are busy rehearsing for the CMT Music Awards. The fan-voted show honors the year's best country music videos. The show will feature a number of collaborative performances, including Brandy Carlisle and Tanya Tucker, Thomas Rhett, Little Big Town, and Trombone Shorty, and Cheryl Crow with Morris. Other performers include Dan and Shea, Keith Urban, Zach Brown, and uh, Luke Bryan. Brian joked that when he showed up to practice, he was wowed by his elaborate set. I walked in. I'm like, they spent a lot of money on me. I'm I'm happy about that. I mean, uh, you know, no no skimping on the old Lukey boy here. I got the full budget. Got to wear my. I got to go hit the treadmill. Maybe you know. Do a cleanse, shed a pound or two tomorrow. Carrie Underwood's the queen of the CMT Music Awards. The singer has the most wins in the show's history with 18 and could take home more trophies this year. Returning to perform this year is Kelsey Ballerini, who will be showcasing her hit, Miss Me More. You know, last year at the CMTs, we did I Hate Love Songs. It was very stripped. It was very casual, chill. Um, and so this year, we got we to gotta ramp it back up. So it'll be glittery. And maybe there's a, a, a glittery fire situation. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm nervous, excited. CMT Music Awards will take place in Nashville in a couple of hours. Shailene Woodley says her new Big Little Lies co-star Meryl Streep may be regarded as one of the greatest actresses of all time, but she doesn't act like it. Meryl really holds space for everything to um, be neutral and for everything to be equal. Uh, there's no hierarchy, there's no better than. She's just as nervous to be there as everyone else is, and I think that's what makes her so brilliant. In season two of Big Little Lies, Street plays the mother of Alexander Skarsgård's character, Perry. Uh, the show follows a group of women living in Monterey, California, and the mystery, cover-up, and secrets surrounding the death of one of their husbands. It's really odd what we do and how when you're an amazing artist, um, all of a sudden you are personally revered, <laughs> despite the fact that you're actually just creating a character that's fictional um, or one particular angler version of yourself. And Meryl is aware of that and she lives by that. You know, she, I truly think she um, is humbled by the recognition that she receives and, you know, the awards and the accolades. But that's not why she does this. She does this because she loves the art of acting and storytelling and um, has spent a lifetime dedicated to that. Big Little Lies Season 2 premieres on Sunday on HBO. The trailer for director Martin Scorsese's latest music documentary, based on one of Bob Dylan's tours, has been released. 
summer 1975. Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese, follows the Like a Rolling Stone singer on his Rolling Thunder Review tour, which took place between 75 and 76. At the time, Dylan was at the height of his fame, but chose only to play small venues on that tour, with the musician compiling and directing hours and hours of performance footage by himself. The documentary will air on Netflix starting from June 12th, also features Dylan's friends like Patti Smith and Ellen Ginsberg. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour, making news this morning. The presidents of China and Russia have agreed to upgrade bilateral relations after their latest meeting in Moscow. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.